Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. It's going fantastic. Good. So today we are going to talk about Mr. Perfect by Linda Howard, and later we are going to talk about the seminal 80s rom-com, Sixteen Candles. But first, mom, what have you been reading <laughs> i'm taking my time because <laughs> mom is pulling up her pulling list it up right now um we should say mom and i are in the same room today the same room yeah yes that doesn't happen all the time but no but it seems to be happening a lot lately it does i can't uh, get rid of her what was the last one we did that was a full episode the, a girl like her okay because i've read quite a bit since then yeah you have <laughs> okay so after a girl like her by talia hibbert i read the viscount can wait Mm-hmm. by Marie Tremaine. That is also on my reading list okay. from this past couple weeks. Then I did Intercepted by Alexa Martin, which was our last mini yes. episode. Then I read, I had to start these books. The next book we're doing in the next episode yes. is the third in a series. Yes. So I wanted to read all the books before it. So I started the Suzanne Enoch series, uh, Lessons in Love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I first read The Rake by Suzanne Enoch, and then I read London's Perfect Scoundrel by Suzanne Enoch, mm-hmm. and then I read Mr. Perfect mm-hmm. um, for today's episode, but then I have also finished reading the next book, that <laughs> the we're next doing book England's Perfect Hero by Suzanne Enoch. Mom, I have almost read, I think I've, we've read the same amount of books. I don't know about that. Okay, let's see. Okay. I've read um, Hurts to Love You by Alicia Rye. Okay. Um, Protect the Prince by Jennifer Eastep. Yes. Which was really good. We got an arc of that at KissCon, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Both enjoyed that. Yep. Um, The Viscount Can Wait by Marie Tremaine. Yes. Um, And I also read Intercepted Mm -hmm. for our last episode. And I also read the second book in that that came out the day after we did the episode. So Fumbled by Alexa Martin. So that is what... That's five. I read... One, two, two, three, four, five, six. I read six, so I beat you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I've already... But well let us remember that you are retired and don't work, and I do. Um, what do you mean I don't work? You don't work. You're right. And when <laughs> I'm here, I just sit around reading all day long. Yeah, so. so give me this, please. And I would like to say that right now I am reading, I'm not going to remember the name of it because their names are all weird. Uh, Who Slays the Wicked? By? By C.S. Harris. It's a Sebastian St. Cyr book. This is a series that I love, and um, it now I... I binged like the first 11 or some weird number, and now I have to wait every year for the new one to come out. It drives oh, me nuts. We don't. We know that mom doesn't like Ugh. waiting for series. Um, mom was out here to come see a play with me that I had tickets for, and then we also saw Avengers Endgame. What? Did we? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, come find us on the Facebook group uh, if you want to talk, but... I have feelings. Yeah. And spoilers, so don't... And we literally just finished watching the Game Game of of Thrones Thrones. battle at Winterfell, so it's been a very... Emotional roller coaster. An epically nerdy weekend for us, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. It's been awesome. I literally came out here so that we could go to the play and watch Endgame together. And watch Endgame And then just happened to be Game of Thrones, too. Yeah. So it's, like, been... Oh, gosh. Great weekend, you guys. Um, Okay. So today, we are going to be talking about Mr. Perfect by Linda Howard. It is a standalone book published in the year 2000. Um, The year 2000. um, So, here's the description that I wrote for it. Things are going pretty well for Jane Bright. With the exception of a couple annoying co-workers and her grouchy new neighbor, she can't complain. She's got a great group of friends, she enjoys her job, and she is a proud new homeowner. But yeah, her personal life could be going better. With her friends in the same boat, they get together one night and make a list of the qualities for their perfect man, Mr. Perfect. Soon that list is going public at work, and then the local news, and then the national news, and Jane and her friends are becoming local celebrities. 
With their newfound fame, the weirdos begin to come out, and what begins as seemingly as a seemingly innocent prank or as seemingly innocent prank calls becomes home invasions and murder. <sighs> Lucky for Jane, her grouchy neighbor turns out to be a detective, and he's on the case to find out who is terrorizing Jane and her friends. And maybe he finds something else along the way. Oh, what could that be? Well, it's a romance. So, <laughs> so mom. What did you think of Mr. Perfect? Well, I know we discussed some little quirky things about it. They're going to come up. That are going to come up. But overall, I loved reading this book because I love suspense. And I love reading, you know, crazy killer stalker people. And I I enjoyed it. It had the um, romance aspect that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it was... Romantic. Yeah, yeah. And, um... Well, okay, yeah. I'll stop you. Okay. And, uh, but I loved the creepy serial killer crazy person. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, so we're gonna, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, I think, because mom and I were here while I was, while we were both reading it at different times, but mm-hmm. she was here while I was reading it, and she had already read it. So she knows that I have some issues with it, and I think a lot of my issues pulled me out of it a little bit more than they did for her. I enjoyed it, but I have I had the same issues that you had. Um, I just couldn't talk to you about them until you read it. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was fun to read Romantic Suspense. It's been a while for me since I've done that, and um, I am pretty into, like true crime and stuff like that and so it was fun to kind of delve into this mystery type aspect and have a little romance peppered throughout there right um but yeah so let's get into this okay what did you think of jane as our heroine i really liked jane yeah i I thought that she i liked her sarcastic comments i liked um yeah i i liked her you know, I know we're going to get more into about how she handled things poorly mm-hmm. that bugged us. Mm-hmm. But overall, as a person, yeah, I like Jane. I liked how scrappy she is. Mm-hmm. I liked that she's kind of like this little terrier that just like wants to jump into things. Well, like the fight with with the guy when he crashed when into he crashed his car. The drunk guy that crashed. His yeah, car. I wrote down the thing just because I loved it so much when. Um, Sam comes in and he's like breaking up the fight between her and this guy who was being like drunk and a jerk. And um, he's like, I should arrest you both for being drunk and disorderly. She's like, I'm not drunk. He's like, yes, he's drunk and you're disorderly. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, I liked her. I feel like we didn't get to know her as well as a lot of our heroines just because there's so much going on here plot wise a lot going on that um like i felt like i didn't get as good of a sense of her and like the other thing is we get to know her friends pretty well as well and so there's a lot of time being yeah divided between a lot of other things going on um but yeah i like i liked her and um i liked for the most part, I liked how she hand. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on around her, right. and I thought she always handled all of that pretty well. Like she handled all of the media frenzy pretty well. Um, yeah, we'll get into where I think she's a dum dum. What did you think of Sam as our hero? I love Sam. I thought he was great. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he's pretty. Dishy. Yeah, he's pretty dishy. Um, and, you know, sounds pretty hot. Um, I really liked their banter and, like, the chemistry that they had. Um, Agreed. I liked how he, how much he loved how scrappy she is and, um, and... I mean, loved. I mean, he fell hard fast. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. Um... I, and I, I feel like this happens a lot in books that are a little bit older, where things progress quickly. I mean, (laughs) they knew each other, I mean, I'm talking to someone who was engaged after two weeks, but they knew each other for a week, like, yes, and then he's 
sex. And then he proposes marriage to her. Yeah. After they've had sex once and they've known each other. And they hated, I mean, well, they didn't like each other in the beginning. Yeah. So once they started, like, getting to like each other, it had only been... I also felt like it was a pretty rash decision to make in the midst of all the craziness that was going on around them. Melinda, you're just not a romantic at all. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that I am. Um, yeah, that just, it, it, was, it was a little, all of that was a little sudden. Yeah, apparently they've never seen the movie Speed, where <laughs> romances that start under, you know, yeah, intense circumstances never last. Have they, no, what the, they maybe saw Speed, but they have not seen Speed 2, where Keanu Reeves is not even, in, not even in the movie. movie. <laughs> it's Jason Patrick. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, so this was your first romantic suspense. Yes, it was. Not your first suspense, but your first romantic suspense. How did you find the subgenre? I loved it. I would like to read more of these. Yeah. But, I mean, I love suspense novels. I mean, I, before I read, um, Romance. Romance... If people ask me what kind of books I like, it was always, I love mystery, mystery and suspense. suspense. Yeah. That's what I've read my life, I mean, my whole life. So, yeah. I literally read, I read Silence of the Lambs, the book, when I was home alone. Yeah, you did this a lot, and this doesn't seem very smart. No, and I scared the crap out of myself, and I had yeah. to sleep with all the lights on. But, yeah, um, I've done that before. <laughs> uh, I've watched episodes of Luther. While I'm home oh. alone, and then well, Luther, they're always attacking single women I know. in their apartment. I'm like the Luther kryptonite. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I love suspense novels, so I I loved it. Um, I also enjoy the the subgenre as a whole. I find that with romantic suspenses, um, and I get why this is, but. Um, the romance plot has to take a little bit of a back seat to the suspense plot. And so I feel like, A, you don't get a lot of attention. You don't get as much attention paid to the romance. And B, the romance goes very quickly. <laughs> progresses, they got to progress it quick. Progresses very quickly. Um, so that definitely kept in line with my experience with previous romantic suspenses i'm not saying like how dare you like it's not a romantic it's not a romance novel if it's because there was still like a hefty amount of romance going on here um it's a lot of boinking so there was a lot of boinking they liked to do that and it was enjoyable to read i'm not gonna (laughs) lie um but yeah that's and i found i'm not like an expert on the the genre but um i've found that to be the case with other with other romantic suspenses that I've well, read. I can't compare it to anything. The the Sebastian St. Cyr books that I read, they're, at least the first few especially, were kind of a romantic suspense. They're suspense romance? Yes, there's romance in the suspense novels. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the case and how that plot progressed. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Okay, I'm going to bring start. it up. Okay. The biggest problem I had with this book, by far is the fact that this list that they made of Mr. Perfect, there was nothing to it, and it became such a big deal. I mean, it literally, there was nothing controversial in it, I didn't think. Cosmo has been writing that article for the past, like, 50 years. Yeah. Like, what? Girls like guys with big penises? And money? That's a shocking revelation. How would you, why would you come up with that? (laughs) Okay, I was telling Mom, like, I could, if... If this had just made, like, a splash at their office and their office, like, wouldn't let this die for a while, I would buy into that. Right. And then, you know, the murderer ends up being a co-worker of theirs. Right. So it didn't and so have to go... it didn't have to go national. But there's no way this would make national news. No. no way. No way reporters would be hanging out in front of their houses. No. Because it's... of this list that they no. made. No. It was so it was so unbelievable that it really pulled me out cuz I'm like why would people care? This is a list that like four women made while they were drinking and it was that they like, here I wrote it down, they want someone who's 
faithful, nice, dependable, has a steady job, a sense of humor, money, is good to look at, and has 10-inch penis. Yes. It was a very distinct number on the penis size. The, um, and and it's like, okay. Okay. And it's obviously like a joke because it's called Mr. Perfect. Right. And I, I just could never buy into the fact that people cared this much. Well, and here's the deal. Here's the thing. I mean, like, things the, were not that different in the year 2000. No, the year 2000. The, year the, 2000. <laughs> the, um, the one gal is married and the other girl's in a relationship. And both of these guys are complaining because their guys at work are teasing them and making fun of them because their wives are involved in, or their you know, partners are involved yeah. in this list. And I'm thinking, holy heck, what guy wouldn't just own up to it and say, yeah, she wants a guy with a 10-inch penis. That's why, why she's do you think she's me? married to me? <laughs> I mean, you just own it and go with it. And, yeah. and I mean, that's not that hard to figure out. No. There's no reason to be teased or get angry about it yeah and even like her family is getting like pissed at her because and they're getting a lot of flack for this list and i'm like why who gives a shit like who cares (laughs) like it's nothing in it is extraordinary yeah or crazy or controversial that's my thing is i mean it's just, yeah, there's nothing about it like that makes anybody it... anybody who's ever hung out... Maybe... Was this, like, pre-Sex in the City? Because I feel like this happened on every episode of Sex in the City. I don't know. I don't... I never watched Sex anyway, in the City, Anyway. So. <laughs> but it's just, like... I just could not get behind that this list made this big of a splash. It... And the thing is, is with the case, it didn't need to. Right. Like, it could have just been a thing... Even if it just went as far as local news, I might have, like... Okay, you know, you know it's like, like a, a stupid special interest story, human interest just, story yeah. that caught on yeah. in some way. But yeah, the like reporters stalking their houses. No, come on. Good morning, America. No, yeah, no, come on. It's it's all dumb. The other thing that I had a problem with with this case: these people acted like freaking morons. Like I'm sorry, but I was telling mom, <laughs> I'm like. They know for a fact that there is somebody at their office that is trying to kill them. That has all, it's like by the time Marcy and Luna both have been murdered. Right. And, and they've in been, a violent. And they've all been receiving these phone calls. Yeah. Anyway, so they, yeah, they know that somebody at their work is trying to kill the remaining two girls. And one of them goes to work. Why? Like, the day after Luna's killed. <laughs> like, first of all, best excuse ever to not go to work. Hey, I'm not going to come in today because someone's trying to kill me. There's literally someone there who wants me dead. <laughs> and so. and is being pretty serious about it because they've already killed two people. I don't know if you've noticed. With a hammer to the head and then raped them with the hammer. Oh, so. gosh. <laughs> so I'm not coming in today. I hope you understand <laughs> If I need to use a sick day, I will. <laughs> like, seriously, you could not pay me enough money to go into work the next day. But some for some reason, TJ goes into work. Uh. Here's the other thing that, that I was like, because the cops are like, okay, well, we want to keep this on the DL. And I'm thinking, why Why are you not going in and, and questioning all these people? No one, No police officers are going to go in and question the people that work in this office to find out if anyone knows anything about who's killed these poor women, yeah. I, you know for a fact that it's someone who works in that office. And you're not going to go in and question anyone about that. No one. Yeah. No questions to anyone. Yeah. I've watched enough forensic files. I know <laughs> what cops do when someone gets killed. We are very well versed. <laughs> well, they all... And the other thing is, like, I was telling mom, go somewhere. Go... Yes. Yeah. Get a hotel room. In Go to a hotel room. Saskatchewan. Yeah, in a few cities <laughs> over. Put all four of them in there and just... Yeah, chill out. Lock them away. Netflix and chill. Why would this not happen? And it, so, like, they just... They just did not handle... It's like watching a horror movie where you're like, don't go into the dark room, you <laughs> dum-dum. Like... There was a lot of stuff like this. No, in, this in a one. horror movie, it's don't have sex, you will get killed. Yeah, you poor. Don't you know the sluts always <laughs> the virgins always survive? Yeah, the sluts get killed. Come on, people. I would do so well in a horror movie. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, so I thought the like the twist of the murderer was right, good right. and interesting, and like in a certain way, I almost felt bad for the murderer at the end, like when you're finding out everything that happened to her. Um, so I thought all of that was a good twist. It did, like, I kind of suspected something might be up with her, but it did kind of, like, throw me a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you, I figured it out pretty early on. Mom, mom says she figured it out pretty early I on. I did. What do you mean mom says? <laughs> mom did. <laughs> um, so I liked all that. I just wished that they handled themselves smarter. Right. Because they were idiots. But in the book's defense... They did set up a pretty creepy premise. Yeah. And it was, now, I did get irritated because, you know, people aren't bringing phones with them. They have their cell phones turned off. They have, I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, you're in this kind of situation and you're turning off phones and cell phones? What's the matter with you people? Yeah. That was like at the end when they were like lounging in the backyard at her sister's house with all the phones turned off. I'm like, What? <laughs> the hell are you guys thinking <laughs> mom could, like mom was sitting here next to me while i was reading finishing off this book and i just kept making like oh these people are dumb <laughs> i mean, kept making that noise um but yeah other than that i found the mystery <laughs> enjoyable um i did find like tonally it was kind of interesting because it was pretty jokey, jokey, jokey. And then killy, killy, killy. And then very, like, gruesome killy, killy, killy. <laughs> and that was sometimes a little jarring. There was moments where I was like, oh, okay, big, big shift here. Um, but it did make the book more enjoyable to have it be jokey, jokey, yes. jokey. Um, okay. How did this book hold up almost 20 years later? Well, there were things that bugged me. First of all, I think more people had cell phones in 2000 than they did in this book. Yeah, I can't remember, you know, because I was not at cell phone age. I get that they didn't, like, not everybody had cell phones like they do today. I get that. Yeah. But I think... Well, and caller ID, that was definitely more of a thing than it was. Well, yeah, and and, because if you had an answering machine, you had caller ID in 2000. I know we had caller ID in 2000 because... Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there were a lot of things that's like, I think we had a little more tech than they're leading to in this. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of plot-wise was helped without having. Um, There was a couple, like, slightly problematic moments with Sam where... She puts a halt on the sex. Oh, yeah. We did have a problem with that. And he says, I changed... And she's like, I changed my mind. He's like, you can't change your mind. I'm like, mm, but she can. That's like the definition of consent. Yes. So there's <laughs> so that. that. Thing. And then the other thing that really bugged me and I could not figure out what the hell was going on because I was getting such sex education in the year 2000. I mean, granted it was... No, I remember calling your school because I didn't like some of the sex education yeah. you were getting. <laughs> seventh grade, I think, is when this... Yeah, seventh grade um, in the year 2000. And, um... Okay, so he wants to have sex with her. And she's, like, on board, and she's like, wait, I'm not on the pill yet. And he's like, okay, let's use, use a, a condom. condom. And she's like, no, I want to be on the pill. And I, like, can get wanting to be um, double doubled up on the protection. I can respect that. But then they have sex, and she's only on the pill. She's been on the pill for two days. Two days. Um, I think, and I'm, she's fine with that. Now it's everything's okay. Everything's okay because she's on the <laughs> pill, but and they don't put on a condom, and it's like okay, but the condom is more effective and it protects you from STDs. The pill is like, I mean, that was the whole thing that I learned in seventh grade was that there's, yeah. you know, well, the whole AIDS thing in the eighties. Let me let me give you a history lesson, Ellen. Okay. <laughs> the whole AIDS thing in the eighties made condoms like. Everybody needs to use a condom for yeah. always. Yeah. And um, so and so this is the year 2000. Yeah. And, like, if, they, if they're if they going to have sex just on the pill, 
and not do the condom, at least have the conversation like, when were you tested? Yeah. You know, at least have or, a moment of that. You know, how long has it been since you've been with someone? Yeah. Yes. I just, the the protection conversation, like, I'm glad that they were having it, but, like, the things that they were saying seemed so backwards to me. It was kind of strange. Um, I did, this was kind of humorous, but I also feel like it would not be in a book today, where um, he says... Honey, the only experts in PMS are men. That's why men are so good at fighting wars. They learned escape and evade at home. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But, um, and then he, but extraordinarily sexist. Yeah, and then he says, he says something about how, like, they call PMS PMS because mad cow disease was already taken, which is also kind of a funny joke, but I don't feel like a it would be... A little problematic in today's day and age. The other thing, this is not, like... I understand why it's in there, but it did make me laugh, was he was downloading this file, and it took, like, an hour to download, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. The cute 2000s. Aw. <laughs> okay, so, Mom, what's on your list for Mr. Perfect? Like, Ooh. give me your top three. Things for Mr. Perfect. Um, well, he needs to have a sense of humor, because yeah. I have a feeling that your dad and I would have killed each other by now. If we yeah, didn't that's true. Um... I don't know if you know this about me. I'm pretty snarky, and if you can't put up with my snark, yeah, you know, you can't it's, hang. It's not going to work. Yeah. Um, I would have to say, like their list is pretty good. Like yeah. they cover like yeah the basics, which is why it wouldn't be that big of a deal anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, because I agree, and this is just me, but I don't need a guy that's super rich. Mm-hmm. But having a good job, yeah, for multiple reasons. First of all, you don't want a guy that's you know like hanging around the house, jobless. Yeah, you know, you want someone who's working towards something. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, I worked and put your dad through school, and then. But just the kind of guy who wants to work to help out the family, like yeah. I mean, I don't need him to make a ton of money. I mean, it's nice that my husband makes good money so I don't have to work. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate that. Yeah. But um, I just don't want a freeloader, I guess, is yeah. the, or to to feel, start to resent him because I feel like he's being a freeloader. So. Yeah. Um, so I can get that one. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's something on my list that they don't have on theirs, but I can't really think of anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think all of these would be, you know, I, the 10 inches is not a requirement. I mean, it's like they say, they're creating the Mr. Perfect fantasy man. And yeah, if we're doing that, sure, yeah, slap a 10-inch cock on him. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, sense of humor is definitely pretty high on my list. Because if, like, a guy can make me laugh, like, everything else is pretty inconsequential. Um, unfortunately. Um... But yeah, like faithful, dependable. Faithful is like just, I feel like, can't that just be like... Well, if they're dependable an, and kind, faithful's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. Just like a good person. Doesn't yeah. that kind of just cover all of that? Like a good person isn't yes, going to... I agree. ...be unfaithful. And, um, anyway, so that's kind of what I was thinking. Okay, so let's talk about sex, baby. Uh, like... Proposing after you've had sex one time. <laughs> Must have been quite <laughs> sex. Must have been really good sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they, I mean, for, like I said, how much, like, romance kind of gets a short shrift in the book. Not, like, massively, but more so than most books we read. Um, they have sex a lot. They do. And, um, and they want to pretty soon off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Because he keeps talking about... He talks about his erections pretty early on. In the well, book. and yeah, and she even, like, they're, like, fighting at the beginning of the book. Like, they... And then later on, she finds... He says, yeah, you... Every time you argue with me, it makes me hard. And she's, she's like, like, you mean oh, even? Really? And she's like, yeah, even, like, back when... <laughs> when you, you hated me. You hated me. Yeah. Um, but it was nice. Like... Yeah. I mean, other than the protection stuff, which I've already gotten into, because that was taking me out of the sex scenes, which was pissing me off, because I'm like, don't now take me out of the romance, too, with right. all this garbage. Um, 
but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good and yeah. not ever too like outlandish for. No, and he for was mom. a sweetheart. And um, however, we did discuss when he's starting to sex her up while she's on the phone with her sister. Oh yeah, <laughs> we do need to talk about this scene. Okay. Because I was telling mom, I'm like, she is staying on the phone way too long with her sister while he is inside her. <laughs> like, it's weird. <laughs> like, hang up the phone. Or sister, hang up the phone. I, was, I gotta go. Bye. Yeah. I was telling mom, I'm like, mom, if you called one of your sisters and you realized that they were having sex with their husband, wouldn't you just hang up the phone? I was like, ew, ow. <laughs> yeah, mom couldn't handle that. Um... But that was just weird. Like, how long both of them were staying on the phone. It's like, hey, somebody hang up the phone. This is weird. Yeah. Well, she, because it took her sister a little while to catch on. Yeah, but then she, when she caught on, she still stayed on the phone for but an her, awfully long when time. When he's, like, getting up in there, she needs to say, Okay, bye. Bye, I gotta go. I'll call you back in apparently five minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's me over quick. <laughs> Yeah, she comes, like, right after they hang up. And I'm like, oh, That's just weird. It's just weird to have, like, your sister an active, like, that much of an active participant in what's happening. It's weird. Um, anyway, my dog just sighed and he agrees, I think. Um, okay, what was your swooniest moment of this book? Okay, this was my swooniest moment. Because these always make me go, ah. When the report, when she's washing her car mm-hmm. and the reporters all come and start, and so she goes and hide, they go and hide in the garage. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out. This was what made me swoon. He You're comes sw- out and chases off all the reporters and, and then, then washes, washes her and car. waxes her car. It's like, dude, you, you, you had me Done. getting rid of the reporters, but. Sign seal delivered, I'm yours. Washing and waxing the car. I'm all over that. Um, okay, so I wrote down a quote for mine. Um, he says, uh, it's, she's trying to get a hold of him at work, and, you know, they find out who she is, and they immediately are like, oh, okay, yeah, let's get you over. He told us to connect you the second, like, you call in. And so she's like, what have you been telling people at work about me? He's like, I told them you cuss like a sailor. She's like, I do not have the sweetest ass this side of the Rocky Mountains, and if you call to get in touch with me pronto, because I've been trying to get you into bed, and you might be calling to say yes. He was trying to cheer her up, she thought. She felt her chin wobble. That's so sweet. Because she had just, like, found out at this moment that, like, her friend, I think, either is very likely is in trouble or died, or she's... She's very emotionally overwrought at this point. And I just, I liked the moments between them. And they had more than a few. And I, just because this was seemed to be how their relationship went. She's going through a lot of really hard stuff. Right. And he, you know, she mentions the fact he's that he's... giving her a lot of really hard stuff. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> he is doing that. But also... I just liked how she mentions, like, he was always able to, like, make her smile, even Mm -hmm. if it was just a little thing, you know, in the midst of all this, and that he was always there for her, and um, he was, and not in, like, ever in an overbearing way, or, you know, but just was there for her, comforted her, and took care of her, um, and just kind of let her have her grieving process for her friends and things like that. And I just really liked that about their and he relationship. And was supportive of her and her friends. Like when they had the wake and he didn't want them there without. So he yeah. hung out on the couch and fell yeah, asleep and in the living room. Let, let them have their fun in the kitchen and was just there. Yeah. To be protective. Yeah, that was sweet. Um, so I liked that about their relationship. And so I wrote down that quote as kind of indicative of that. Um, okay, so we had a few of you weigh in on... Um, what you thought of the book. Elizabeth says, it remains the one book I couldn't finish because it was so bad. Ooh, the cat, so cheesy. (laughs) Um, As also not a cat person, Mm. I did get kind of sick of the cat. And if that cat was tearing a couch, that cat would not be alive. Yeah, if you made me watch your cat, you sure as hell would be paying for a couch uh, replacement, just FYI. You don't have a cat, but... I do not have a cat. Yeah. I do not plan on getting a cat. Your um, dad is allergic to cats. Yeah, so. that's true. 
Nara said, I liked reading a book that focused on mystery along with the romance. And for being a little older than what I'm used to reading, I think it was published in 2000. It was. She says, um, I like Sam. He's not a sweet guy or a jerk. He's a guy guy or just a man. <laughs> she said, I like Jane, her craze, and I shared her love for a manual transmission. <laughs> and then she says, I got a dress to kill vibe in the book, and I really enjoyed it. Or I really liked it. Uh, Karen said, I'm only halfway through, but I'm enjoying it. There's the grumpy hero, witty banter, enemies to lovers, falling for the neighbor slash cop, all the good stuff. The suspense aspect hasn't really kicked in yet, but I'm intrigued to see how it all plays out. And then Jason, singular male listener Jason, said, I started the book this evening. I don't want to be too braggy, but I am pretty close on this Mr. Perfect list. I'm faithful, nice, dependable, a steady job, and a sense of humor. I'm pretty sure I can fake the rest. <laughs> Can't fake that last one, Jason. There I hate to break Jason. it to you. Um, and then uh, he weighed in a little later and after he finished. And he said, I enjoyed the book. I do like a good suspense mystery, especially with a good crazy stalker, which... This had. This definitely had. Kind of had a psycho vibe to it. Yeah. Did you give it that? Yeah. Yeah. With, like, how much she was, like, posing at her mom and things like that and trying to please her mother, her dead mother, who she killed. Um, Dolly Sickles on... Yeah. (laughs) Dolly Sickles on Instagram said, um, I love Mr. Perfect, the nerdy science that her tech guys have posted everywhere. Genius. Those are funny. Those are pretty funny. I wrote down my favorite of that. Uh, failure is not an option. It's bundles... It's bundled with your software. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Um, anyway, so those are your thoughts. And I... <laughs> there are things that I ragged on pretty heavy about this book. I I found it enjoyable. It's just that... There were elements that I found pretty frustrating and unbelievable. That kind of pulled me out of pretty massive... Ele- I mean, like, when the basic premise makes no sense to me... That's kind of problematic. I ha- I had the same problems. I was because from the get go, I was like, "Really, this list? There's no way this list would make this kind of a splash." Yeah. No, that's absolutely not a thing that would happen. But, um, you know, I still enjoyed the suspense of it, and the and oh, I man. did get irritated with some of the dumb things they did. But they did some dumb things. Well, even especially with Luna, where I'm like. She's going home by herself to an empty house. It's like, girlfriend. That's why I was like, all of you just stay in one place together. Like, what's wrong with that? You know someone's stalking you, trying to kill you, especially after Marcy got killed. I mean, then it's like, and then her house got ransacked. Yeah. Then they thought. they're obviously being targeted. Right. So just take your little group, go hide away somewhere where no one knows where you are. Because the whole thing was this person ended up working in their human resources department yeah, so had like access to all docking their, their emergency contacts and their addresses and their cell phones and all of that and it's like just go away to somewhere where no one knows where you are but sam sam has to come and hang out with them yeah because they had to go off and have sex in the bedroom um <laughs> yeah and i was really sad like i was sad about marcy but i was really sad about luna because yeah. that one made me they sad. almost set marcy up as Okay, if she has to go... She's the horror movie slut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, she's the one that smoked. She's the one that slept around. Yeah. She was, yeah. Yeah. So, she's the first to go. Yeah. They did kill the, like, sweet, innocent one, which yeah. is against horror movie tropes. Um, anyway, so, some problems, some pretty massive problems for me, but I still enjoyed it. It was not like it was pain to read and if anything it was kind of fun to be angry at it it was it was a pain to read because i kept saying get your book done (laughs) yeah mom was really harassing me about reading this book um because i was running pretty behind it's sunday night just in case you haven't caught on to that um so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on mr perfect by linda howard we would love to hear more from you on our facebook page our goodreads our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is not your mom at not your mom's rom, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On May 6th, we'll be discussing England's Perfect Hero by Suzanne Enoch in our next mini episode. Uh, so for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be wait, doing... Wait, before you sign off. Why do you always do this to me? Go. Um, the, the next book is the third book in a series, yes. and they are pretty dependent on one another. 
Okay. So I wouldn't recommend it as a standalone. So start reading Peeps. Okay. So for now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be uh, doing Rom-Com Talk with 16 Candles. Rom-Com Talk. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Sorry, you kind of had to be there for why that's funny to us. Um, Okay, so we got a few. We have an email and then a couple Facebook uh, group items that I was going to read. So we got this email from Kristen. She says, hey, ladies, hope you're both doing well. Uh, I just finished a cute book that I thought you all might enjoy or at least have fun talking about. It's called Waiting for Tom Kanks by Carrie Winfrey. It comes out June 11th. It's about a girl who loves romantic comedies, especially the Nora Ephron ones. I thought it was cute and funny, though I had a few issues with some things, but don't want to spoil anything. The steam level matches the steam level of romantic comedies, as in not at all, and I thought it would be a fun to talk about because of your love of romantic comedies. So here's the funny thing, Kristen. We already have that one planned to read in the next summer reading list because Carrie, the author, is a, um, she's been like following the podcast for the show. a long time and we love her, so I was like... I want to read her book when it comes out and I want to talk about it so we're, just the title alone has me yeah I mean like the premise like as Kristen says she recognizes that it's our catnip yeah so absolutely um yeah so we're pretty excited and um I'm glad that you enjoyed it enough to recommend it to have us read absolutely um, she continues, she said, I read Intercepted last year, can't wait for your, th-. so she wrote, sent this in before we had done the Intercepted episode. Um, she said, I read Intercepted last year, can't wait for your thoughts on that one. I also read Mr. Per- Perfect, and I am curious about your thoughts, especially on how outdated it is in some parts. Which, can you really fault an old book for being outdated? I don't know. Also, it was my first time reading it, and I feel like I forgive outdated books if I read them years ago, more than if I am reading them for the first time now. Should I read the first Suzanne Enoch book, Working on 2 and 3, and will hopefully finish before the episode. Each time you guys pick a book in a series that isn't number one, I have to start at the beginning. Otherwise, I might spontaneously combust. It's a problem. Same. Same. Uh, this she says one last recommendation for maybe your summer autumn reading list uh, New Orleans Rush I thought it was crazy adorable and it comes out April 23rd and um, we'll have to look into that Definitely. I don't know anything about it um, she says okay that's all from me love the podcast as always um, Paige on the Facebook group she asked the group as a collective and there was pretty good um, items that were given for this one she says what books that are coming out this year are you looking forward to she said for me it's the bride test by helen huang the honeymooners by christina lauren and brazen and the beast by sarah mclean she said loved wit from the first book um check 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 on all of those for us as well um i added the wallflower wager by tessa dare Mm -hmm. we're always excited for a new tessa dare but first and foremost, you guys are going to be shocked, but The Beard Necessities by Penny Reed. I've been dying for that book basically since I read the first book. <laughs> so um, that book cannot come soon enough. Billy and Claire's book. Yeah, Billy and Claire's book. I've been dying for that for so long that I think when it comes, I'm, I'm, I think it's probably going to like drop at midnight and I'm just going to come into work you know, super tired the next day is probably how that's going to go down. Pretty exciting stuff. I'm so excited. Um, Karen on the Facebook group, she made a poll for um, Mr. Perfect. She said, in honor of this week's book, how many of these make your Mr. Perfect wish list? And she put all of the items that everybody, that in the book, their list items. And number one in our group was sense of penis humor. Size. What? <laughs> Not penis size. That was pretty low. In fact, I think only like one or two people voted for that. And I'm like, hey, kudos to you guys for being the like being the honest ones among us. Um, but sense of humor was number one in that poll result. Which I think that's just one that collectively, like all of us are like, that's important to me. Well, here's the thing. If someone with a good sense of humor, yeah, not only gets jokes but can spew them, mm-hmm. um, 
It's a sign of intellect. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a super intellect. Mm-hmm. I'm well aware that I'm not. But it is a sign of a sort of intellectual person that is, you know, if you can hang with a good sense of humor, yeah. it's a sign that you're not a complete moron. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then the last thing is Kimberly sent in a, like, posted a post that had a lot of recommendations and stuff in it, so I wanted to read that. She says, just kept catching up on the podcasts after taking a month to try to make audiobooks happen. Spoiler alert, I can't. It's not for everybody. I can't do it. I have to have very specific types of books for audiobooks. Well, because even when I drive, yeah, that's when I watch them is when I... Listen I, to them. Listen, yeah, sorry. Listen to them. Um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll say to Ellen, which one of these would be the best one? To listen to. Yeah. I like a male voice. Yeah, she does. Weirdly enough. Yeah. An accent is nice. Yes. It's a bonus. It is a bonus. But I can't, like, I can't do anything that's too intense plot-wise. Like, I couldn't listen to a Game of Thrones book or something on no, an audiobook. Because no, no. I tune out too well, much. that's why romance novels are perfect for yeah, listening true. to audiobooks. Um, she continues, I listened to the Let's Get Textual episode, mm, uh, first because I commented on that after reading it because I knew you'd be talking about it. I was not so sure about new adult as a genre, but then remembered I was gifted an arc of You'd Be Mine by Erica Hahn, and I loved that book. I rarely give five stars, even more rarely to romance, and I gave that one five stars. So maybe one to consider at some point. Um, I'll have to look into it. I, like, I've not given up on the new adult genre, um, and I will still read ones that I hear are good, uh, but I just might be more questioning from now on. Um, and then she continues and she said, finally, I started long shot this weekend after I finished a really good thriller thinking it would be a nice escape. It is not an escape. Uh, it is not like any other romance genre books I've read and I'm almost halfway through and I'm struggling to see a happy ending anywhere in sight. But I have faith in you. Haven't listened to the podcast episode about it yet, but I have heard you speak highly of it. And I have faith in this author. This story is so well, very well written, despite how deep the subject is right now. So thank you for the recommendation. Um, we'll have to like check back in with Kimberly and see if she finished it and if um, how she ended up liking it. Um, I know that that book is intense, and I think I think it's important that people know the trigger warnings for that book because it does not shy, you know, like some people need trigger warnings for just the mention of abuse and things like that. And this full on has scenes of abuse, but I still think the book is so good and so So worth it and handled so well that I just, I love it and will recommend that book anytime. Um, so that's kind of, there's other fun stuff going on in the Facebook group. Again, I recommend if you're not on there to go join in on the fun. There's a lot of, there's, we've got a Game of Thrones spoiler. We've got a Endgame spoiler. So if you want to go talk about that stuff, um, there's always people posting polls and book recommendations. Yeah, and we love it when other people post stuff that it's not just Yeah, because I don't want to post all the stuff. Trust me. <laughs> um, so thanks so much for sending in messages for posting posts on the Facebook group. We love seeing all that stuff come in. It's been so much fun. Um, And we will keep reading them. So see you next time. Welcome back and welcome to Rom-Com Talk. In honor. We're going to call it? Yes. No, I like that. Stop. I need, everything needs to have a jingle. (laughs) But you always get to pick it, I guess. Yeah. I, I never get to say it in any no. of these things. Okay. Why would Whatever. you? Um, in honor of our more old school p- pick for the book this week, we picked a more old school rom-com and thought we would see how well it holds up as well. Um, so 16 Candles was the first to come to mind because it's been causing, well, really all the John Hughes movies have been causing me to have kind of an existential crisis as of late. Um Because I was, like, the vice president of the 80s club in high school. I love 80s movies. And John Hughes movies are the pinnacle of 80s movies. Um, I've always loved, loved, loved Sixteen Candles. It's always been my favorite. Um, And I still, I think I need to say, I still love this movie. It still brings me inordinate amount of joy. And we LOL'd several times. We did LOL several times. But let's talk about 
Just, Jake Ryan? Oh, okay. What? Well, that's <laughs> that's the thing. Is as as much you know, it it walks away, but then it pulls me back in with Jake Ryan. I he love is him. Dishy. The, and I He's told Ellen, so I said dishy. the one thing I feel. About this movie, because a lot of times when I'm looking at younger guys and thinking, wow, is it pedophilia for me to, like, think these guys are hot? However, in my defense, we looked it up, and Jake Ryan and I are the same age. Yeah. So, you know, it's okay for me to think that a guy from a 1984 movie is... And here's the thing with him. I was like, no matter matter what, he holds up. Like, because... He doesn't look super, he doesn't have, like, super crazy 80s hair, super crazy 80s clothes. Mm-hmm. He still looks so dishy in this movie. Like, he's so hot. It's ridiculous. And he's so swoony, and, like, he does this, like, crooked grin all the time, and I'm just like, stop it. Like, <laughs> no, do more. I can't handle it. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this movie, though. Okay. Um, I, lo- I still love it, and I think that... The the rom part of this movie still holds up, and there, it's not overly problematic. There's not too much, pro, you know. It's the dreamy popular boy wants to have a relationship that means more than just sex and parties, and enter this cute sophomore girl who's a little quirky and different, and he wants to go out with her, and they instead of the hot senior fall girl. in love and have a super cute kiss over a birthday cake at the end. Which I feel is not very safe. Yeah, it's a fire hazard. But <laughs> it's still so dreamy and and, and like they're playing that if you were here I could deceive you. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's all so good. So that rom part I think is fine. It's the calm part <laughs> that is now slightly a problem. The character of Farmer Ted, his arc is a problem. I've always loved, I mean, he has the funniest lines. And first of all, Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. bless his sweet little heart, yeah. this is like my favorite Anthony Michael Hall performance. Yes. Yeah. He's hilarious. He is really funny. The best line, is, and it's still my favorite, is um, Jake Ryan comes up and is asking uh, Farmer Ted about Samantha, and he's like, did you come with her? He's like, no, but if it's okay with my dad, she's coming home with me. Come on. I'm leaving. That's hilarious. <laughs> if it's okay with my dad. I mean, the thing that I love about his character is that he's he's a nerd. He's kind of a dork. He's not he's not cool, but he's got the confidence for days, <laughs> like unearned confidence. Well, and, and then when Jake funny. finds him at his house after the party, yeah. And he's like mixing them drinks and, and handing Jake <laughs> napkin and a pretzel and I mean he's just hilarious. Yeah. It's I mean so he is the funniest character in my opinion. He does have the most problematic part of this movie. Well, Jake is part of it too. Yeah, it's true. Here's what Okay, so uh, you know, in this movie um Jake's girlfriend gets very drunk at the party, throws a very disorderly party. I would also be very pissed at her. I would be very pissed. I would be honest. As the mother, I would be like, what the? Yeah. Um, But she's passed out drunk Mm -hmm. in his house. And Jake is like, hey, how about you do me a solid? I'll do you a solid. And you take her... Just, this is where just it's, make sure she winds, winds up at home. That's that's his instructions. Yeah. Just make sure she gets home eventually. I want to give Jake Ryan the benefit <laughs> of the doubt and like assume that he was just like, you drive her home and feel cool that you're driving home the hot prom queen in a Rolls Royce and do nothing else. I want to give him <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. I don't think I can. Because he's handing off his drunk girlfriend to a, a horny, a horny freshman who has not stopped talking about how torqued up he is. <laughs> um, and and then his final words to him are, "Have, have fun. fun." Yeah, it's bad, and <laughs> it breaks my heart because. Jake and then they do end up having sex. Yeah, when she is like obliterated drunk. Yeah, which it's very unclear to me. 
why he does, like, Farmer Ted does, because he's not drunk at all, but he wakes up and he's like, did we have sex? And it's like, where were you? <laughs> you were the sober one at this party. Like, and you don't remember? Why are you acting the obliter- asking the obliterated drunk girl if you had sex? And she says, yeah, yeah sure but did. I think I liked it. And it's like, why are we writing this off by, like, you know, it's like, but she liked it, so it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's highly problematic. And it breaks my heart because... I love I love this movie. Like I watched this movie on my 16th birthday because it meant that much to me. Um and it's yeah. it's devastating. Um it's I think how I'm going it's like it's going to be kind of like um you know, reading some uh historical fiction and like books from olden times where it's like yeah, they're forcing this girl into marriage to a man that's, you know, 45 years older. But that's just how it was. That's how it was. And I'm going to have to watch 16 Candles and be like, they were stupid sexists in the 80s. (laughs) That's how it was. They were super date rapey in the 80s. And apparently just racist because the whole character of Long Duck Dong is really problematic. Very problematic, yes. Um, Yeah, he's... Just a a raging stereotype. Um, And there's, you know, some words that are thrown around that would not be used today. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing is, is this is pretty par for the course with most 80s comedies, I feel like, especially. There's a lot of elements in most of them that are pretty problematic. And I think it's something to do with um, the 80s kind of being like, oh, we're starting to be more progressive. Look how cool and hip we are. We can now talk about this, you know, this... Because, you know, the 80s was kind of like the rise of the sexy frat boy comedy. And I think it's like, look how edgy we can be. We can have this in movies now. But it's like, yeah, but should we have this (laughs) in movies now? Um, And so I think that's where you run in. I mean, you think about most 80s comedies... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially ones involving centraled around teenage boys and things like that. It's Yeah, it's they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so Yeah, so I'm still having an existential crisis. I haven't uh I haven't come to grips with that yet. And I do think in some ways though that it's okay for us to look at stuff that was made in the past. Yeah. And say, okay, this w- it wouldn't be okay now, but yeah. it was okay then. So we can enjoy something just for the fact that, and I don't mean it was okay then. It really wasn't okay then. Yeah. But it was okay then. Yeah. You guys Unfortunately. know Unfortunately. I mean. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I think it's okay to, you know, enjoy it for what it is and enjoy the good parts that are still okay now. Yeah. And just kind of say, uh, that, you the, know, the good, cringe a little bit at some of it. Yeah. The good parts of Jake Ryan being so crazy hot, so swoony, like it's ridiculous. And every time I watch it, I'm just, I'm just swept back to 16 year old Ellen, who was just like, oh, Jake Ryan, why won't some guy come pick me up in his red sports car from my sister that I don't have sweating? <laughs> <laughs> but uh. yeah. So, ROM is still okay. Calm is problematic. Well, calm is always where you're going to have the problematics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sexual assault's not cool, guys. Um, and the other thing, though, is that he nails is just, like, the awkwardness of being that age. And I love, because mom was like, I love how the freshmen look like they're 10. I'm like, yeah, that's because that's how that is. Like... Some of them look like they're 15 and some of them look like they're 10 years old. Yeah, it's, that's how freshman boys are. Um, and I just, every time she drops that sex, sexual survey that she takes and Jake Ryan picks it up, I'm just like, oh, my teenage <laughs> self just is so embarrassed for her oh, right now. It is hard it's to watch. So, but anyway, so. But he wouldn't have been interested in her if, she, if he hadn't have picked that up. That's true. Oh, gosh. That's what um, sets it all off. Hate it or love it, it's it's still kind of a classic. And it is a classic. It's it is int- fun to watch. There is stuff in it that makes you cringe. Yeah, it's interesting to kind of look at it through our lens today. And yeah, 
Um, a couple of you weighed in on this. Elizabeth said, I had to take 16 candles off Cinema Sips, which is her website, which you guys should check out, where she does um, movie and drink, like cocktail pairings, and it's really cute and fun. Um, she said, I had to take 16 candles off Cinema Sips after the Kavanaugh hearings last year. It's just super hard to watch that movie now. R.I.P. Jake Ryan. Ugh. Sarah says, I failed to find a copy of Mr. Perfect, but I can speak about 16 Candles. Although very problematic, I somehow still have a soft spot for it. As a kid, much of the iffy content went over my head. Then as a teen, I just wrote it off as a product of the era it was created. It's been a few years since I've sat down to watch 16 Candles in its entirety. I wonder if I'll feel the same about it if I watch it now. Um, and I, I think I'm kind of the same. I think, I mean... Anytime we grow up with a movie, you kind of rose-colored glasses it, and I think that's a big thing with this movie. Well, my husband and I went back not long ago and watched a bunch of old James Bond movies. Yeah. Wow. You want to talk about something that doesn't hold up. Some of those old James Bond movies, first of all, talk about rapey. I mean, totally rapey. Yeah. And, like, no consent whatsoever, and having sex with Anything that moved. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, some of those old, especially Sean Connery, who I love Sean Connery, but some of his old movies, his old 007 movies, are, ooh, like really hard to watch. To swallow. Um, Christy says, 16 Candles is super yikes with the racism and consent issues, but I'm a sucker for this movie and Jake freaking Ryan. See, that's the common factor is that Jake Ryan. I mean, he's like one of the ultimate, like, you talk about like book boyfriends, he's one of the ultimate movie boyfriends. boyfriends, Yeah, Yeah, because he's just so dreamy. Um, Anyway, let us know what you think about 16 Candles. If you still rationalize it somehow or if you've had to write it off, um, let us know. So thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for England's Perfect Hero by Suzanne Enoch in one week on May 6th, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Thank you, Ellen. I'll see you when we sign off. I'll see you. Like, I won't stop seeing you. Yeah. (laughs) Can't get rid of her. All right. See you guys.